You are listening to the Zookeeper Stories podcast with your host, Matthew Price. The goals of this show are to share the stories of animal care professionals around the world, give advice on how to get to the field, and share information that will help out new zookeepers. One of the most common questions people in our field are asked is, how did you get your job? I hope to shed some light on that question and many more by investigating the origin stories of the people on the front lines of the animal care world, the zookeepers. Welcome back to another episode of the Zookeeper Stories podcast. Today I have a very special guest, Miss Rebecca Johns. She is a zookeeper at an AZA accredited zoo in the Midwest. Rebecca, how are you today? Doing good. Good. Thanks I'm so glad. Me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you reached out and and uh, and wanted to do the show. So I'm I'm really excited about that. This is the second guest that I have never met before, and. Uh, <laughs> It's it's exciting. Part of the reasons why I love doing this show is just is just meeting new people and, and getting to talk to them about their stories. So we're going to do that today. Before we get into the the backstory, though, tell us a little bit about your current role, uh, what you're doing now, and and you know a little bit of kind of like an overview of, of of your zookeeping career before we get into the details. Yeah. So right now, um, I'm a swing keeper at a little zoo in Wisconsin. Um, we've got about five full time staff during the day. Um, so I'm a swing, so I kind of go a little bit of everything, um, depending on the day. So I'm trained on a little over half the animals there. So depending, it's children's zoo, reptiles, birds. It's been really nice kind of branching out. Um, before this spot, I've always been really strictly birds. Um, so when I got this spot, it's definitely been definitely been a challenge, but really fun kind of getting into the mammals and the reptiles and the, the, fuzzy, the fuzzy, scaly things. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I miss the variety uh, at my zoo. We are very compartmentalized. You know, b- mammal keepers only work mammals, bird keepers only work birds, that kind of thing. So that's one of the really cool benefits of uh, of being at a, at a smaller zoo, I think. Yeah, it's definitely been interesting. I definitely forget. I feel like there's, you know, the pros and cons to the cart, the whole compartmentalized thing. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I know a lot uh, about birds, and then I got thrown into this. I'm like, well, now I know a little bit about a lot of things. <laughs> no, that's great. That's and honestly, and honestly, that's how I've been most of my career. Is you know, I I, I get bored really easily, so I want to work with everything and learn about a little bit, uh, or you know, a, a lot about everything. But if I only have an opportunity to learn a little bit, that's fine too. So, uh, no, this will this will definitely make you more attractive. You know, if you plan on moving on to other zoos or whatever, to having having as much experience as possible with as many different things is definitely a benefit. So, um, how how long have you been a zookeeper? Um, I've been full-time in the field for about three years and then about nine months of internships before that. Awesome. So relatively new, but you've got your feet wet. So you, you know, you know how the industry works at this point. Um, So let's go way, 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 way back at the beginning, Um, (laughs) (laughs) back when you were a little girl and uh, you know, when was kind of like the first moment or, or kind of paint us a picture of like kind of when you, you really got started getting, getting interested in animals. Um, I guess kind of like a lot of people, I've always, I've kind of always liked the animals, but never really considered, didn't realize zookeeping was a thing really until college. Um, we lived in Pittsburgh for a couple of years and I was really little. So I remember going to that zoo and they had the river dolphin. That was my favorite. I had to see oh, that nice. one every time we went. Um, but growing up, we really didn't have a whole ton of pets. You know, I had the guinea pig and the dog, which I feel like the dog got me more into it than the guinea pig does. Yeah. <laughs> I was very bad 
about cleaning up after the game. <laughs> they're they're gross, man. I'm sorry, they are. The little, the little the little the little rodents. I mean, it's not my favorite. Like when I worked at Disney and had to work like the rat room and I take care of all the rats. Like I I get it, they're animals, but also I mean, come on, I mean they're rodents. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm pissing off a lot of rodent people right now. <laughs> but, they're but really anyway, cute, and I love them now. Yeah, they are, and they do the, the cute little squeak thing. I, I, I took a trip to Peru several, almost a decade ago, I guess now. And I don't know if you know, but that's, that's one of the delicacies that they eat there. When they serve it, it's like a whole guinea pig. Like it comes like with teeth still on it and everything. It's, it's pretty crazy. But anyway, sorry. Uh, so you had a guinea pig and a dog. Uh, what, 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 what else? So when you were very little, you went to the zoo, you had a guinea pig and a dog. Um, and you didn't think that you didn't really think about it as a career into college. Is that right? Yeah, um, in second grade we moved and we weren't near a zoo. So I didn't really grow up going to zoos or that kind of thing. Um, I knew they were around, but never really had a whole lot of exposure to it. Mm -hmm. um, went to college and was thinking, you know, business or music and took that intro to biology class and really fell in love with it. And that kind of is all downhill from there. Um, my professor was a huge bird nerd. Um, so he got me hooked and started doing the field work and the ecology classes and the zoologies and yeah, fell in love with it from there. When you were, when you were, let's just take a couple steps back. When you were younger, was your, did your parents kind of like, or, or any anyone, not just your parents, anyone kind of like kind of help foster this, this kind of love of animals or, or kind of like push you in a certain direction or anything like that? Um, yeah, we had a couple older people in the neighborhood that would take me out birding. Um, my grandpa got me the horse magazines and the bird magazines and I you know the Krat brothers and Zibumafu whenever we were somewhere that had people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a little bit here and there. Uh, that's that's awesome. So, um, so what was it about birds particularly that inter interested you in college so much? Um, a lot of it was just that's kind of what was there. Um, I got into that. That was the that was my professor's niche, so I kind of got brought along with it. Um, and then my first internship happened to be with birds and I kind of fell head over heels there too. Um, just so much variety. So do you, you know, have a like, a, do you have like a particular like, uh, taxa or genre of birds, I guess that, that you particularly enjoy? Oh goodness. It's, it's hard. I do like the bigger ones. The songbirds are awesome, but I, I kind of tend to go for the bigger ones, the more personality, you know, your curacaos, your turacos, your hornbills. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like the. I'm I'm big into raptors. I haven't really been had a chance to work raptors since I, really my second year of ever zookeeping, um, and I, I miss that. But like I said here, I don't really have that opportunity being a mammal keeper. But I love. But I love raptors. I love uh, the taracos are cool. A lot of the rainforest birds, passerines, not not so much my thing. Like. Someone asked me, hey, what's that bird? I don't know. It's a sparrow or a, really <laughs> a, a, a warbler right? or something. What's that? I said they're pretty and they're fun, but you can't tell them apart. <laughs> and, and and honestly, I, I, we're kind of off on a tangent now, um, <laughs> but because a lot of people probably don't know this, and I don't maybe maybe you don't do it either. But I remember when I was a, a bird keeper for a short time at the Woodland Park Zoo in the Rainforest Building. You know, part of the job is like hosing and cleaning off leaves, like like cleaning urates and stuff off of leaves so to make the area look nice. I, I, like once I had to start doing that, get a sponge out and start scrubbing leaves, I was like. Mm. No, I would, I would, I would rather I do something else. I had a year of that too. So. <laughs> that, that, and the diets, like chopping up. I, I don't know how much, how many birds you take care of, but I don't, I don't remember how much we're in the rainforest building. But I remember like cubing fruit for like hours and hours and hours in that kitchen, man. Yes. 
Um, okay. So, so talk about, talk a little bit. So, okay. So you had your professor that kind of pushed you towards birds as you were going through college, were you like kind of always working towards being a zookeeper at that point? Or were you kind of like, were you kind of like, I don't know, looking at maybe at research or some other thing to do with animals or, or did you kind of know at that point that you wanted to go into and actually, uh, caring for animals? Once I kind of realized that that was a legitimate like career option, it was, that was pretty much it. Um, Okay. I didn't so have what, the paper really for field work. <laughs> yeah. But so what what kind of steps were you making sure that you were just kind of like maybe if we're speaking to people that are currently in college and thinking about this kind of career. What kind of steps did you or what kind of things did you do in addition to your coursework to kind of like try to like work up to to being a keeper at some point? Yeah, so I started off um I went to a really, really small college. So there was maybe only like five to eight of us on the animal side of the sciences. So we all Five to eight people at the college? <laughs> I, the college was very, very small. It was okay. Little what little. college? Um, oh, <laughs> um, Bethany Lutheran um, in Mankato, Minnesota. So okay. on campus, between all four years, there's maybe six hundred some people. So wow, very that is small. That's 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 fun though. <laughs> Yeah, we got a lot of hands on. By the time I was a senior, and, you know, in my zoologies and ecologies, there was maybe four people in the professor. So we knew him really well. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. I hope, I guess, I guess I hope you get along well with the four class members because <laughs> <laughs> it's probably tough to do collaboration if you don't really get along with them. Yes, those classes were fun. Yeah. Were, um, but since I knew him so well, I got in um, taking care of all the animals in the bio lab. Um, That's so all. Frogs and the turtles and the snakes and again, small college, small collection, but it was something. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's great because that I mean it, it was very. I went to Berkeley and you know thirty thousand students between you know all the all of the 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 levels of uh, between graduate students and underclassmen and all that. So very difficult to kind of get one on one time with the professor. So I I, I would bet, bet that that was you know pretty rewarding, not only rewarding but also you you learned a ton. Yeah, for sure. Um, he lived, you know, two blocks from the schools. So we would go birding in his backyard like for class time. So road trips and everything. He had, um, he actually had an inn with um, a falconer up in Duluth, um, Minnesota, who banded hawks in the fall. So he would take a van load of us up every fall oh, and, wow. and help band hawks. So that was That's cool. awesome. So you got a little bit of like zookeeping kind of or or whatever, you know, zookeeper skills like while you were still in college. Yeah. Oh, that's really fun. Um, okay, so you get to your senior, let's say we get to your senior year. What are you what are you doing now? Are you starting to like look at actual job opportunities? Are you starting to apply for things? Like kind of like what happened during your your last year of college there? Yeah, lot lots and lots of applications. Um, I was able to do an internship the summer before my senior year. Um, that's when I got into the Minnesota Zoo. Um, and again, applied for everything under the sun, sent out probably close to 100 applications and heard back from two. Oh, <laughs> Luckily that's... got into one of those. Um, and yeah, it was amazing. Very, very hands-on. Um, they basically trained you up as a keeper and you were doing routes and raising chicks and covering covering runs. And it was, it was amazing. That's awesome. So, so talk a little bit about... Well, let's let's go back to the applications real quick. So, a hundred and two <laughs> responses. Are we talking about like places all over the country? Are we talking about like localized area? I Were went pretty much everywhere. Okay. 
and, pretty much anything. Okay, so it was you ended up being able to go someplace local, but you were open yeah, to yeah. moving around. Yes, it was pretty much perfect. Um, my roommate from college lived in that area too, so I stayed with her and her parents for the summer. So didn't have to worry about housing either, which worked out really well. Oh, that's so cool! Nice, because uh, that's a that is that's big time for an intern, man. That is a huge yes. like if you have, if you make any money at all, like it's ninety percent going yes, to housing at that sure. point. Yeah, of all the ones that offered me back, I was very happy it was that one. <laughs> yeah, because because there's a lot of unpaid internships, so 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 nice. Uh, um, you were able to get the the rent cover too. So wow, that's that's yeah. fantastic. Um, I I just asked that because I, I I do think that one of the the best ways to be able to get a zoo job and in addition to being qualified or, or whatever is to be able to have that ability to, to be mobile and to move around, uh, you know, where the jobs are. Cause it's not like, it's not like you can be a zookeeper where there's not a zoo, you know? So, yeah, exactly. so, but, but you were able to get one local. So that, that worked out. Okay. So, so walk us through a little bit of your internship. Like, you know, how did they start you out? Like, uh, uh and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I was one of, three interns um, with their bird department. And it was basically, you got thrown right in. Um, you had orientation and then they kind of walked you through the areas and said, all right, you can watch us one day and by day two, we'll watch you. And by you know day three, four, five, you're pretty much doing some of this stuff on your own. Um, wow. So they started me on some of the native aviaries, um, brought us down to the chick room and like handed us a bird. They're like, here, hold it. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna crush this little thing. Um, but yeah, it was really very trial by fire, which was very, which was good. Very hands-on. Do you, do you learn well that way? You know, there's different types of learners, visual or tactile or whatever. Like I, I, I can go through and being trained on a string and, and watch all day and not do anything the first day. That's typically how it happens, right? Like the first day you're just watching, but like, I almost never, I mean, I, I, I get the lay of the land, I guess, but for me, like I really have to get in there and start doing it before I can really like, you know, process what I, what I need to do for my day. Yeah, same. I like I do the muscle memory. You can explain yeah. it to me as yep. much as you want, but until I actually go through the motions and do it once or twice, that's when it kind of really starts to kick in. So that was yeah, perfect yeah. for that's, me. For that's sure. that's crazy though. Day two of an internship. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. And I was yeah, it was my first ever internship, and but so, I so did what kind well. So what kind of chicks or, or birds or whatever were you working with on on uh, that early on? Um, I got to do. Um, I got very, very lucky kind of with my whole story. Um, but when I started, they started me with the breeding room um, and the chick room on my rotation. Um, so from about day, I think the chicks hatched maybe three to four days before I started. Um, and I got thrown in there. So it was Peruvian thick knees um, and spur wing lap wings. Um, so I had two thick knees and I think I had four lap wings. And they kind of wow. started me there and I kind of took care of them and by the time I rotated up to the other pens, the chicks were big enough and kind of moved with me. Um, so I was kind of the one intern that got the most chick rearing experience, which was pretty awesome. I kind of got those. <laughs> That's, that is really cool. <laughs> yeah, that is really cool. Uh, okay, I have a, I have a serious question to ask you now. Are there any birds that are cute as chicks? All of them. See. <laughs> 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 I find they are so <laughs> I, I don't, repulsive is too far, but they are not cute. I, I will take I, the one the one that I, I I have a little bit of experience with that I will say is pretty adorable are uh, tawny frog mouse. They're like these puff balls with beaks, yes. basically. It's like a marshmallow with a face. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, talk talk a little bit about 
what is involved with you know the, I guess the the what, what did you call it the egg room or the hat was it a hat was it a hatchery like a little yeah. bit like just kind of like basics like you know what like what is the work like in that kind of atmosphere because because it's very different than uh, than a mammal keeper's day for sure um, and. I did have, I don't know if you got to listen to it, Rebecca, I was having some problems with my feed, uh, uh, the, the iTunes feed, but there is an episode that I just got, it, was able to put back on there with Ann Newton. It was one of the early ones and she is a, a bird keeper here um, at the yeah. Avian Propagation Center. And she goes through like, they have these Excel spreadsheets that they go through and and it tells you exactly how many millimeters of, of whatever of liquid they're feeding the birds today. And at this temperature, they're, they will uh, uh, will hatch. And at this temperature, like one degree lower, they won't hatch. Is it that, was it that involved for you early on or, or, or what was your experience like? Um, I didn't do a whole lot of the incubation stuff. They kind of walked me through like the machines, but Mm -hmm. I didn't do a whole lot of the actual, actual incubation, but yeah, every day you'd go in, you'd weigh the chick, you'd calculate weight gain from the day before, um, kind of base how much you were going to feed them off of that because, you know, too much weight gain and you could have leg issues and too little and they'll be stunted. So it's a lot of math, yeah. <laughs> a lot of weighing. Um, and then you'd be going down and feeding every few hours. So you'd go down, weigh them, pull them out, divide out the food, give everybody what they were supposed to get, and then you'd leave for a little bit you'd run back a few hours later and kind of do the whole thing again. And there's a lot of running up and downstairs, <laughs> but <laughs> very rewarding. For was, sure. was this a, was this a one year, like a one year internship or like it had a, like a finite um, amount of time? Uh, three months. Yeah. Over three the months. Summer. Oh, okay. okay. Three months. So, wow, wow. That's, that's really quick then. That's so I guess they, that's why they have to throw you in so fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, okay. So as we get towards the end of your internship, uh, are you like, are you feeling pretty comfortable already in within three months? Or are you still feeling like, you know, I still have a lot to learn, that kind of thing? Um, a little bit of both. I mean, I could have stayed there forever and soaked everything up. I was learning, you know, every up until the last day, you were learning something new. Uh -huh. um, but they basically had us working keeper outs by the end of the summer. Um, one of the guys went on vacation and I covered the breeding pens and the hornbills and the South American aviary for about a week. Oh, that's so cool. Um, hornbills are awesome. Was, very rewarding, but probably one of the most stressful weeks. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah, because you're like you're towards, was on. towards the end of an internship, and you're like, okay, let's let's just get through this and not not make a mistake yeah, before I'm I have like, to go okay, get it. Okay, like I have to do this well because he comes back, and this has to be good. <laughs> yeah, and, and and also as you're get working towards the end of your internship, there are, are you starting to be a little bit uh, nervous about what's next? Like, how how did you proceed? Like, in terms of like what figuring out what the next step was for you. Yeah, for sure. You know, by the end of it, I'm like, this is for sure. It's this ending, is what I it's ending now, what, right? Get back here. Like, I don't want to do my last, you know, year of school. Like, <laughs> I kind of just stay here and forget about that last year. <laughs> but yeah, I went back and took all of the biologies and zoologies and ecologies and avian ecology. And um, I think I took a, yeah, I took a behavioral psych that last year too to kind of get into the training thing and tried to gear as much of that last year towards. The zoo field as I could. You know, that's something I haven't asked any of the other bird keepers I've had on. Do you, do you kind of feel like, and I guess it depends on your, your, your new experience with mammals too, but is training birds pretty much the same or, or similar to, to training mammals? Um, in theory, um, I haven't actually trained a whole ton of mammals. Um, my training experience in general is fairly minimal. Um, it's something I love and want to do more of. And okay. Every That's time fair. I have a chance, I'm pulling out the clicker. Um, but pretty much everything I've trained has been birds. Mm -hmm. uh, 
So there is that, you know, third dimension, the bird can fly. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Um, which kind of gives it that extra level of trickiness. But yeah. There's the only thing I've trained birds to do again was raptors, and that was to fly from glove to glove. So I just wonder, you know, about training other behaviors, like what kind of other behaviors you might want to train a, like, I don't know, a, a, a lapwing, or for, for example, what would you want to train a lapwing to do? <laughs> yeah, those guys we pretty much left alone. <laughs> they were in a big place, um, the majority of the bird training I did was jumping a little ahead here, um, but with my second internship sure, sure. with a crane, um, you know, if I step into your yard, please don't try and climb the back wall. <laughs> um, targeting, shifting, um, scale okay. training, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so okay, so you, you finished your senior year, and towards the end of your senior year, what I guess that, that's that question is more appropriate here. Like, what were what were you kind of doing at towards the end of your senior year to to ensure that you were going to be able to get a job as a as a keeper somewhere or an intern, I guess, your second internship. Kind of the same thing, sending out as many applications as another flurry possible. <laughs> yeah, um, for anything and everything. So International Crane Foundation is what is it, what what is it called. Yeah, is that, right? oh, that, was, okay. that was my next one. And, and when is where where is that where is that at? Um, that's in Baraboo, Wisconsin. Um, oh, so I know where Baraboo is. Area. Yeah, yeah, I know where Baraboo is. Uh, that's cool. Um, what what was that one like? Was that a was that a, was that it for a whole year or or was a was a shorter like the first one? Um, that was a six month. Um, so a little bit longer. Okay. Started there in August, so I had that summer to kind of sit in panic <laughs> before <laughs> that next opportunity came around. Um, but yeah, I started there in August as an intern and went through February. That's awesome. Uh, so cranes, I assume you worked with? <laughs> yep. um, only place in the world, I think, or at least in the U.S. that has all 15 species. So. Oh, wow. Little so, gem in the middle of Wisconsin. All right. So here's where you make your money. Name all 15 species of cranes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got the Siberian. We've got the blue cranes. Um, your dem demoiselles, swooping, brolga, Eurasian, sandhill, um, black crowned, white napes, saurus. That's 10. Oh, my goodness. Put That's in. pretty good. I'm going to forget somebody. I'm going to go back and look at my pictures now and kick myself. <laughs> no, no. 10 is, 10, 10 is way more than I could have named. So, oh, so nice these, work. Uh, two crown cranes. Forget the African ones and oh, the yeah. waddle. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> nice work. What are the? Oh no, never mind. Those are storks. Ignore me. Uh, I was, I was, I was thinking of marabou, but I was marabou, right? No, that's that's a stork. Anyway, um, well, that's awesome. So you worked with all fifth. Did you get to work with all fifteen species? Yeah. Um, again, uh -huh. that was a very, very hands-on internship. Again, I got very lucky with what I was getting accepted to. Um, they kind of trained you, and again, you were doing the keeper routes and kind of all in. Um, they Did trained you. Call you you call them routes there? Um, kind of. It was a smaller facility. I don't really know how to explain it, but they had two okay. sections. Um, they had their exhibit birds, and then they had the off-exhibit um, Crane City birds, um, which were their breeding and incubation. Okay, animals. so these this was a this was a not it's not a zoo, but it but it is open to the public. They could come and see see um, birds there, or yeah, it's an AZA, um, but it's not kind of your typical zoo. Um, mm -hmm. Very specialized. But but the public could come see see the birds there. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Um, anything else stick out about that internship that you want to share? Oh goodness. Um, again, just really hands on. I got a lot of experience there. They trained us all in capture and restraint, and we helped with health checks, um, crane moves, 
um, I got to kind of dabble in training for the first time there. Um, what do you have any, we're not to funny, embarrassing stories yet, but do you have any, um, I don't know, any capture restraint stories with, with cranes? Like how do you, how do you restrain a crane? If oh, you can goodness. describe it. I know, I know it's hard to describe without like pictures There's no showing. personal space. There's no personal <laughs> space. They don't have any respect for your space. When there's two of you, you do what you have to do. Um, but um, a lot of our birds, they started you on the very nice ones. So you sure. basically, you know, walk over and pick them up and kind of get the feel for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, get the head, get the wings, get the legs <laughs> in that order, preferably. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you do, did you learn things like during either of the internship? Did you learn things like, uh, I don't know, wing clipping and coping beaks and that kind of stuff? Did you do any of that kind of maintenance? Um, wing trimming, yeah, at the Crane Foundation. Um, we got to do a little bit, which was very nice because that actually came in handy at my next job. Um, but yeah, the beak trims, not so much with anybody there. A um, little bit with penguins at Minnesota. Um, I got to help out with some vet procedures at the Crane Foundation. Um, we had one bird who managed to break their wing. Um, we still don't know how. We scoured the whole enclosure and had no idea where she hit it. Um, but we ended up having to amputate. Um, so unfortunate for the bird, but it was a very cool vet procedure um, to help out with and watch and kind of see the hollow bones and how all that worked. So, so uh, th th this is going to be seem very basic, I know, but we have a lot of listeners that are are not like animal people at all. They just <laughs> like animals and 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 want to learn about stuff. So so talk a little bit about uh, why you would why you would clip a wing. Um, you know, why you would do a pinioning process or something like that for a bird, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it is just for the bird's safety. Um, we don't want them um, getting spooked and running into walls, getting spooked and hitting the netting. Um, it's just a way to kind of keep them more grounded. Um, it doesn't hurt at all. It's like cutting, cutting your hair, basically. Um, right. You just kind of take those flight feathers off. Um, so that keeps them from getting any lift um, so they can't get too high off the ground. I, I just, I asked that because uh, I think a lot of, not maybe not a lot, but I know I have heard some zoo zoo guests over her saying, "I can't believe they clip their wings. Their birds are supposed to fly." That kind of thing. So to just have you address like that kind of concern with guests is is is, is good. Um, how about pinioning? Talk about like first of all what that is, and and again why why you would do it. Yeah, so pinioning um, is one of those things. It's a little bit more um, invasive. Yeah, <laughs> um, than the just the basic wing clipping. Um, but for that, a lot of times it's more, I think flamingos and waterfowl um, are kind of the two that that's mainly used on now. Um, but basically when the bird's only a couple days old and the bones haven't solidified yet, um, they'll actually amputate part of the wing, um, kind of at the wrist, and that's a permanent form. Um, so a lot of times that's if you're going to be having them out on open pond or open areas, um, flamingos tend to be really spooky, um, long legs, long necks, you don't want them running into things and breaking themselves. Um, because with wing clipping, you have to do it fairly regularly. Because um, as they molt out the feathers and grow new ones back, you kind of have to go back and retrim. Um, so pinioning kind of takes out that aspect of it. So you're not having to continually catch the bird. Um, Which they probably appreciate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For some of the birds, that's much, much less invasive. Right, um, right. Uh, you, you get one thing when you're little and you don't remember it. And then you don't have to be caught up every six months or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I I don't know. It, it made me think of. Have you have you watched the the any of the Planet Earth two series? 
Yes. Have you seen <laughs> that? that fl- is it like? Is it like the the? I think it's maybe the first episode where they do that flamingo. They do the flamingos and how they walk back and forth with their heads back. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that whole like breeding breeding. If you haven't, if you guys haven't seen that, go check out Planet Earth too. It's on Netflix now, actually. Um, yeah. Really, really, really cool. So. Uh, okay, so six month internship there. Talk a little bit about like your your mind, your, your your I guess your psyche and how you were feeling towards the end of that internship and and how you prepared for the next step. Yeah, so when I got down to only having you know two or three months left there, I kind of started that whole whole round <laughs> of applications again, um, again applying for anything and everything under the sun. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much yeah, just kind of going through that AZA website again, um, sending out. Lots of applications, lots of, got a few more interviews this time, which was very nice. Oh, good. Did you deal, deal with rejection pretty well? Did you ever get like depressed or, or feel like, <laughs> is this going to ever happen or, or any of that stuff? Or were you kind of like me and you just got lucky and like got, got into it right away? Yeah, a little bit of both. I definitely had a few that I got turned down from that was kind of disappointing, but um, I did end up landing a full-time spot um, right out of that ICF internship. Um, did you have to, I mean, was it ever like tough on you mentally? Did you ever kind of struggle with like, is this worth it? Should I keep going? Any, any of that stuff? Um, a little bit. Um, the nice thing with the crane foundation is they had an intern house on site. Um, so I was kind of living with a whole bunch of other people that were going through the exact oh, same. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a little um, bit so we could all kind of system, commiserate. Yeah. And I could, you know, oh, well, you know, she sent out this many. I've sent out this <laughs> many. So I guess I'm doing okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, we had the rest of us to kind of bounce all the misery off of. Yeah, I had that at a little bit at San Francisco too. We had three other interns in the children's zoo where I work. And that was definitely nice to be able to, you know, go out and have a beer and be like, this, this sucks. Are, <laughs> are we going to, are we going to, are we going to make it or, or what? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. Okay. So um, after the ICF, what, what happened next? Where did you, where, where did you finally get into? Yeah, so after the Crane Foundation, um, I ended up getting offered a full-time job at the Nashville Zoo um, on their bird staff, um, which was amazing. They have an incredible bird collection, really good staff. I'd learned a bunch there as well. So what did you get to do at Nashville? Um, So at Nashville, I was a swing um, within the bird department. Um, So I got to work pretty much everything. Um, They had a lot of breeding rhino hornbills. Um, I think they Mm -hmm. had about nine of them while I was there. They were leading the great blue Chiraco breeding. Um, They were doing a lot of research on that. That'll build storks. Um, I got to work cassowary. Um, That was my first experience with protected contact, and that was super fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A big flock of flamingos while I was there. I got to help introduce a breeding pair of blue-billed curacaos, um, which is probably still one of my favorite keeping experiences. Those guys were amazing and definitely some of my favorites. Nice. Uh, let's go back to the cassowary real quick. Cause that's a very yeah. interesting bird. Tell, tell people about cassowaries. Oh goodness. Um, so cassowaries are huge <laughs> and pretty dangerous. Um, I think the ones we had were somewhere in the 200 pound range. If I remember correctly, um, they kick when they're angry. They have enormous feet, big, colorful head. And these big claws on the bottom of their feet that they use to basically eviscerate things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we had when I when when I was a, intimidating birds. Yes, uh, tall, heavy. They have the big bone thing on the top of. Is it is, is it bone that is it actual bone that's on top of their head? Um, it's actually kind of like crest. a spongy type keratin materials. So. Okay. Um, when I, I remember when I was an intern, I, I mean, I knew about cassowaries at that point, but I didn't like really know about cassowaries. 
but one of the, I remember getting a, having a radio, hearing the, over the radio a call uh, about uh, that somebody had let the cassowary out on the keeper. Oh, and no. he was pinned oh, down and was fighting off this cassowary and somehow they got him out and survived. Yeah. So I can't uh, imagine. Peter, I doubt you're listening to this and I, cause I only really spoke to you like a dozen times while I was an intern. <laughs> you probably don't know who I am, but, but I'm glad you got out of there. Okay. Peter. Oh goodness. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's scary, man. There's not too many birds that you should be afraid, afraid of necessarily, but that one, that, that's, that's definitely one of them. Yeah. That was the one exhibit where I always made sure to call out the parents that, you know, would set their kids up on top of the railing. Oh over yeah. The- yeah, yeah, one of yeah. these days nightmares <laughs> um so so how long were you at at nashville and were you a swing keeper the entire time um yes um, i was there for about a year and so there. why so why did you leave nashville i got married ah, <laughs> I got now, yep. back in wisconsin so so he dragged he dragged you out of out of uh, Memphis, out of Nashville to. I remind to him of that every winter. <laughs> was he? Did you meet him when you were up here in college, or how did you guys meet? That he had? Did he get a job uh, out there after you were? Did you meet in Nashville? How did that all work? Um, met him in college at the end of college. Okay. Um, so at that point, I kind of warned him too. I'm like, so this is the deal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be going. I hope you're okay with that. Um, and luckily he was great. Um, so you were long distance for, for a year? Yeah, we were, we were only within a half hour of each other for about three months. And then, yeah, we were long distance for a little over a year. Wow, that's tough. Good for you guys for, for surviving that because long distance relationships, are, those are hard. Yes. Thank heavens for technology. So. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that does make it easier these days for sure. Um, okay, so did you have... So did he, I don't want to get too much into your husband's personal <laughs> life, of course, but was he, you're, you're in a school right now. So is he, he's a teacher? Yes. Um, he's and did he get, and did he get a job as a teacher there? And you were like, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go here. Yeah, kind of. Um, the, we're, it's very hard to describe, um, but we're, um, he teaches private, um, okay. private schools. Um, so there's mm-hmm. only a limited amount of them. Sure. Um, and when they graduate um, from their training school, they get assigned. Okay. Um, their first um, call, it's called, um, they get assigned to where they're going to teach. Um, so while I was at the Crane Foundation, he was getting ready to graduate. Um, so we kind of had that whole, I'm like, well, like, I don't know where you're going to end up. I don't know where <laughs> I'm going to end up. So I'm going to take whatever I can get. We'll see where you end up and we'll go from there. <laughs> kind we'll of figure it out. Yeah. Man, that, that was, that was a tough, was it tough to leave that job? Did you have, did you have, uh, I know I'm asking many questions at a, at a time here. So, uh, uh, but did you, what was it tough, A, was it tough to leave there? And B, did you have like a job or anything set up when you left? Um, it was very hard to leave. Um, for sure. I absolutely loved it down there. Um, I could have stayed for years. Um, but luckily, um, where he got assigned, the zoo I'm currently at was nearby. Um, so I did have, I had one, one AZA option <laughs> for where he was at. And luckily, divine intervention, a spot opened up right when I needed it too. And I was able to kind of weasel my way in. And you said, you said there's only like five full-time keepers? Um, nine, nine full-time keepers, five on during the day. Okay. And you were able to get a spot there like pretty quickly after you got back to Wisconsin? Um, before, yeah. Oh, before. Wow. That was yeah. meant to be then. Nice. Work. I don't know how that happened, but I'm very, that very could have been. I mean, because that could have. I mean, that that's that is yeah. Because that could have. That not, maybe not the maybe not the end of your career, but 
uh, if you wanted to be with your husband at that, at that yeah, point. That thought crossed uh, my mind. I was like, oh, goodness, the impossible what am decision. I gonna do now? Yeah, because now <laughs> I've been a zookeeper and I've got a taste of it and I want it. So now what am I going to do? Man, that, yeah. that must have been stressful. So good for you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, I came up to visit him after he moved and made a point to go to the zoo and smooth with as many of the keepers there <laughs> as I could find. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 and that does work. That really does paid work. Off. Yeah, absolutely. That does work. Like if you ever have an opportunity, if you're, you know, if you're looking for a, for a job or something like that and you, and you, you're out, you're striking out, another good thing you can do is to, you know, you're not part of a zoo, but you can still go to like an AZA or an AZAC conference or something like that and just talk people's ears off because those the, those kind of networking events really do make a difference. Yes. Um, and you just going just going to the zoo. Like, I've got I've gotten a job that way, like uh, uh, going and just I mean, I think that's probably how I got my internship, honestly, because I, I started as a as a like a zoo camp instructor. And I, I went to the children's zoo and I went to the to a lot of the animal care areas and made friends with the managers and stuff like that. So that mm -hmm. stuff does really work. And, and I mean, this job. It really is. Uh, they, they say it's just it, it's all about who you know, and in this business, it, a lot of it is really about, about sure. who you know. So, yeah, that um, helped me get my Nashville spot too. They actually mentioned they're like, "Well, we know who trained you at Minnesota," and oh, I met him. Nice. And I know him, and if he trained you, then you've got my vote. So, yeah, so. <laughs> I sent him a very nice email after that. <laughs> I, yeah, because so yeah, that's another another lesson for you guys out there. Still hopeful, you know. Don't don't burn bridges in this in this industry because you never know what opportunities you're going to get. Okay, so you are. How long have you been at at this zoo now? Um, it'll be two years next month. And is this kind of? Do you think this is kind of your forever home, or do you think that you're going to make your husband <laughs> after he <laughs> after he can go to a different school, you're going to make him move somewhere for you this time? Well, <laughs> no comment. Um, I'm definitely, it's definitely, I'm content. Um, it's yeah. a good place to be. I do enjoy my job, but I don't know. Never say never. So yeah, yeah. Do you do you see yourself always wanting to um, to be a keeper, or do you have like designs later on in your career of of moving up into management or or anything like that? I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to move too far up, but. I can't say. I mean, the curator does sound appealing at some someday down the road, however why, many years from now. Why, why would you not want to move too far up? I mean, too far up in management. I do like to be out. So you want to be with the, with the animals. Yeah. I don't think I could do a desk job. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's where I... That's, appealing, but being able to kind of decide what we get and where we get and moving things around and exhibit design and that that kind of thing kind of appeals to me. But I don't know how much of the management I'd actually want to be doing. And also, uh, how, I know that this, I'm not supposed to ask women this, but do you mind telling me how old you are? Uh, 25. 25. Okay. So you're still young and strapping. When you get to be, let me know when you're 40, if you still want to go yeah. wrestle. And my knees uh, give up. Yeah. You don't know want feel better. Yeah, exactly. So like that, cause that's my, that's where I'm at now. Like I never really wanted to be in management, but I'm, I'm looking at, I'm for, I'm turning 40 this year. So I'm looking ahead and, and seeing my future of being a, a 60 year old zookeeper wrestling goats <laughs> and things like that, or, or, or restraining a, an Oryx or something, you know? So that, that, that sounds a little bit rough cause I hurt already, <laughs> but yeah. you're still young. So you got, you got a little ways to go for that. So yeah, definitely stay with the animals. Um, yes. As long as I can. Yes. Uh, all right, so let's let's do it. Let's let's talk about a funny or embarrassing story, Rebecca. You got any anything you want to share, whether it's animal related or guest related or whatever? Oh man, I mean, there's always you know the usual falling in ponds, getting pooped on during presentations. <laughs> we all have those. Um, the one that jumps out though, 
Um, back at my first internship at the Minnesota Zoo, um, we did on mic penguin chats um, during our feeding twice a day. Um, and that was one of the things that the interns had to get checked off on. Um, part of the roles of the interns was you had to do a certain number of these on mic penguin chats. Mm -hmm. um, so I had done a few and I was good to go, um, but this was going to be the one that my supervisor was watching. So that of she course. Could say she'd seen me do one and check it off. Um, and for those of you that haven't used headset mics, there's a ridiculous amount of cord that comes along with them. <laughs> for whatever reason, you need five feet of cord to go from like your ear to yes. your hip. Um, so normally, you know, we would coil that up and stick it in our pocket or clip it to our belt or contain that somehow. Um, but of course, the one she was watching, we were running late. So sprinting, throw the headset on, shove the extra cord in my pocket and go out. Um, and I think I got about two sentences in um, before a penguin stuck up behind me, grabbed the cord and took off. <laughs> <laughs> so the headset goes flying. I quick grab that. I'm still trying to talk like with into my fist while I'm wrestling the cord away from the bird while you know 30 some guests are laughing and i see her in the background and so that was yeah i bet the guests i bet the guests had a great time at that yeah. at that particular keeper talk there is a good show at that one <laughs> the uh that reminds just because it's penguins it reminds me from ann nutson's episode uh her one of her her one of the stories she told was when she was pregnant uh, uh i think it was a penguin jumped up and bit her belly button <laughs> like snap and like just hung on to her belly button. They know the soft. They yeah. know <laughs> <it well>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, this is usually a tough question to answer, but uh, do you have like a, like a favorite species that you currently work with? And is there a species that you, uh, that you would, that you, that you know you want to work with at some point in your career? Oh goodness. I have a lot of favorites <laughs> for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. Um, RL Dabra tortoises were a surprise favorite for me. Our female has a bunch of personality, which I didn't expect for a tortoise. So she was well, a fun you don't, surprise. You don't expect reptiles to have personality, but they do. I know. I feel that. I had kind of written them off when I started, but she's probably one of my favorites in the whole zoo now. I love That's getting awesome. to work that area. Nice. Um, I've got a soft spot. We have one rainbow lorikeet in our education collection that I've been doing a lot of training work with. So he's my favorite. He's my buddy. How about how about like your dream species that you you'd like to get to someday? Dream species. Oh my goodness. We have red pandas. I would love to get trained on them someday. I They're do adorable. love red pandas. I think that's probably a pretty common answer. Red pandas are awesome. I've I've never worked with them directly. I've had, I've had keeper friends that I've gone behind the scenes and, and 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 you know kind of met them and that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's one that has eluded me too. <laughs> um <laughs> Same. Well, uh, I guess that that's that's it. Do you anything anything else you want to tell our guests? Uh, I, I do like to leave uh, at the end of every episode. You know, let the guests kind of have the floor and, and just kind of like to either you know tell another story about themselves, the stuff that they're doing, or or give a piece of advice that that maybe we didn't talk about. Do you have any anything like that you like to get out here at the end before we wrap up? Well, I think I mean I think we covered most of it, but yeah, as far as advice goes, you know. Never say no. <laughs> um, apply for everything. Get as much experience as you can. Don't burn bridges. Be nice to your coworkers, the other interns. Yeah, yeah. anywhere you can get a leg in. Because again, it's who you know. The more connections you have to more facilities, the more good references you have. Even if they're, you know, unofficial. If for somebody you interned with, you know, however many years ago is now at some other facility. Somebody that knows you and knows your work ethic. <laughs> 
um, can put in a good word, that's always always a plus. Yeah, because this, I mean, we say it, I think we say it in most episodes, but the zoo world, it's it's a small world. You know, people know people that you would not expect them to know. So via conferences or or doing projects or, or whatever together. So uh, that's great advice, Jessica. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, uh, thank you guys again so much for listening to this. Thank you, Rebecca, for for being on the show. And if you have, uh, you know, any inkling like you want to come on and tell your story like Rebecca has, she reached out to me and told me that she liked the show. And I was like, hey, come on the show, because that's how we <laughs> that's how the show continues as guests. Without you guys, we certainly can't do this show. So thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back again with another episode next month. Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Zookeeper Stories podcast. I hope you learned something about zookeeping and had a few laughs along the way. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Stitcher. It really helps me to grow the show and continue to improve. If you have any questions or comments about the podcast, you can send an email to zookeeperstories at gmail.com or tweet me at zookeeperstory. 